You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. It's Bill Powers, and this is Mining Stock Education. Thanks for tuning back in. We're getting an update from Prospera Energy, a company that I'm invested in. We're speaking today with Samuel David. He's the president and CEO of the company, as well as the VP of Subsurface, George McGarian. Gentlemen, welcome on to the show. We're in the midst of a drill program. And Sam, could you provide kind of an operational update? You announced the program. The drills have been out there for weeks now. Where are we at in the context of this program, please? Certainly. Uh, and uh, glad to see you again, Bill. Prospera has been um, is in the midst of our development drilling program that was announced earlier. Uh, as mentioned before, uh, four horizontal has been completed thus far. We're right on the fifth horizontal. As I, as I got my update today, we're just approaching ICP inter intermediate casing point, just prior to drilling out the lateral part of it as well. So thus far, Prospera's horizontals have encountered structure and pay, and oil shows as expected. The expectation was lower. It's low risk infill drilling. We're drilling in in between verticals, and we have three D seismic has that has delineated. And uh, most of all, so the risk is all mechanical, if anything, um, because we got years of oil production from adjacent vertical wells and 3D, there's well control, there's 3D seismic that defines the structure and the path of the lateral. And uh, we have a very good geology, uh, geophysist, one of the best in the industry uh, that's been delineating our 3D seismic. And uh, George, uh, my longtime friend, uh, VPF uh, subsurface has delineated all of these fields uh, to the nth degree. So the really the risk lies in the mechanical, the execution of the uh, of drilling the well, and we tweak any anomalies by drilling pilot wells, and we encountered things that we didn't expect, uh, which was great because now we have tweaked all of those. That enabled this development program to uh, to be executed smoothly. And actually, the, there's good synergy with a drilling contractor, Lasso. Uh, there's good synergy with the entire team, and they have drilled these wells efficiently and ahead of schedule. Currently, we're drilling the uh, next uh, four-well four multi, multi-pad wells uh, program right now. We've already drilled four. The next four is in, in progress. And the first four, uh, because they're on an existing well site and they, all the infrastructure is in place, the first two wells, from the pad is already completed and and being tied in right now. And the next two well, the service rig gets off there, it will be also completed and tied in. But the entire pool is shut in right now. And as soon as we get off this uh, well that we're drilling right now, the lateral pay, the entire pool will be online. And these wells will be online uh, immediately, I would say within the next week or two. Well, within the next week, I think, uh, George. Within the next week for the first two, and then the week after for the for the second two. Yeah, and and then the uh, the fifth then, one. Yeah. So five wells should be coming on within a couple of weeks here. And George, when will investors get to see the flow test results? Well, we should expect to see results next week for two of the wells, and the following week for the number three and number four well. I just I just like to clarify a little further on uh, George's. You know, it'll be online. It'll be online. Uh, yeah, yes. online. But however, 
uh, in the first uh, you know week or so, we'll be unloading the load fluid that was used to drill the well. So the actual oil starts flowing week after. So realistically, we can't just go in one or two days and say, hey, we encountered all this pain, you know, all this, oh, this is what it's going to be. This is heavy oil. We have to bring it on slowly uh, and gently. And we have to have a low drawdown on the reservoir to establish a flow path. If we pull on it too hard, you're going to pull the sand, you're going to pull the water. It's just going to mess it up. You know, we have to be patient. It's got to be IP30, IP30. 30, 30 days, IP 60 days, IP 90 days. But, you know, there's there's a lot of wells in this. In this, uh, It's a legacy pool, you know, and the flow path and uh, the deliverability has been established. These vertical wells have IP 200 barrels a day, etc. But that was at the initial stages of, of the pool. You know, it was at a virgin pressure. Now it's been depleted, but it also been pressurized, but at random disposal. It wasn't a very... Um, well-planned uh, uh, pattern uh, flood the pressure support. But we do have reservoir management in consideration. Subsequent, while we're drilling this, these are all planned properly. So I would say, you know, initially we'll get, we'll get you know, a lower flow rates because we're trying to establish, we're not running the pump at high RPM and high efficiency and pulling out at art. That's a wrong thing to do with heavy oil, uh, heavy oil reservoir. That's not a good reservoir management. Uh, but over uh, 60 days and 90 days, we'll establish a steady, steady, pseudo-steady state flow deliverability for these horizontals. And then is the plan still to test a polymer flood, potentially even on this initial pool that you're drilling? Okay, uh, polymer is something that everybody jumps onto, but I like to call it improved recovery and enhanced re- recovery. And every pool is, is in a different type of uh, reservoir parameters, reservoir conditions, you know, different fluid properties, and you can't just jump on polymer alone. Polymer is one of the enhanced recovery uh, item that we could consider, but there are many uh, other ways we can also uh, prep it and minimize those polymer costs. What we want to discuss is the viscosified uh, fluid that generates a better swoop efficiency in in these reservoirs, but the, all three reservoirs are not exactly the same. They're three different type of reservoirs and three different, you know, even a little bit of variation in viscosity and density of the oil. And, uh, you know, the the makeup of the reservoir are, are a little different. And because it, these are legacy fields, we study the connectivity, we study the flow, uh, you know, the sand production that's created some wormholes and things like that. So there's a lot of things goes into it. So to answer your question, not just polymer, we're considering the appropriate agent that is that is conducive to that fluid and reservoir conditions. So Aduro, that partnership perhaps will be a part of this first uh, pool of production? Aduro is not part of the uh, enhanced and recovery. Aduro is a surface after we produce the uh, oil that it, it, it moves the heavy ends into a light end uh, that increases our API and get a better pricing and better margin for it. So that's more at the subsurface. It has nothing to do with the reservoir improved recovery or enhanced recovery. Yes, I understand that. What I meant was the produced oil from this pool, will you use that in partnership with the Duro to do your initial pilot test? Yes, yes, you're correct, Bill. The samples are being being analyzed and, uh, and down east in uh, Toronto. As a matter of fact, next month we'll be taking a trip to the lab 
uh, to see the status of it. And we're expecting, anticipating a full uh, report uh, of the enhancement of the uh, heavy oil by end of this year, in January of next year, uh, full report. So Sam, as you know, I stand on the investor side of the table. You're on the other side of the table. When I look at your share chart, I'm saying to myself, the shares are looking for a reason to break out, but there's a little doubt there. And it's like, give me some evidence. What can I expect? Can I expect future success? So when I'm asking questions about the pilot program and the success of the first modular, I know that these are what investors are thinking. Um, your response, your thoughts to my comments? Well, you know, I'm also on the other side too, because I also invested in uh, Prospera. Uh, I mean, um, I believe in Prospera and I'll continue to uh, invest in Prospera because I think there's uh, tremendous success to be had. <clears throat> there's a lot of oil in place and uh, uh, we have turned this company around to a stable operating conditions right now. Uh, we have free cash flow. We have piloted horizontals and now we're, uh, doing, uh, we're executing the drilling program. Uh, you know, these things, uh, barring for weather, there's weather conditions, there's permit conditions, there's landowner uh, acceptance. And, uh, you know, as a small company with limited resources, we have been jumping through those hoops and we're trying to be timely as much as possible within the capability. And uh, in my opinion, Prospera has been executing and it's inevitable. You are right. This is, uh, you know, there's a breakthrough here coming up. And, and this development program and uh, strategic acquisitions that we have lined up uh, is going to really enhance Prospera's position in, in, uh, as a company. So you also will be drilling vertical wells into medium and light oil at a, at a different project after you're done with these horizontals. Can you give us an update on that? When should investors expect the drills to be turning? It doesn't have to be uh, subsequent to the horizontal well. It's a different rig in a different location. We're still waiting on permits on, on some of the uh, location. We got permits and everything ready to go in in part of the field. And uh, the other part, we're just near permit. And the reason being, when we bring out a rig, we don't, you can't do one off or two off or three off. We want to execute that full eight or 10 well program uh, that uh, we might, uh, that we're, we were planning to, excuse me, and uh, uh, we we have a rig tied up with the same drilling contractor, and uh, uh, it's 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 subsequent to or somewhere thereabout. I'm hoping towards the end of this month or early part of next month that we'll, these wells they're about thousand meters less than thousand meters. They're directional wells, and they're a multi uh, well pad, so it's in the same uh, pad that we're drilling from, and they're only three to five days. Uh, so it'd be fairly quick, and we have the full, uh, these are new leases, so we have to construct the lease, and we have to install all the surface equipment and flow uh, piping, piping, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of permit, a lot of work has been done over the last six months uh, from engineering, procurement, to, you know, transfer of uh, equipment and instrumentation, electrical, mechanical construction. Uh, we're the last bit, and once we drill, Every you know they installed, so we're still expecting uh, to hit that target and that production as as anticipated. Prosper team is working hard and diligently, uh, you know, as as much as we can. George, um, what are your expectations on a barrel per day basis per well for the medium to light oil drilling at Brooks? Well, you should see those wells uh, come on at. Uh, 
and and they will be flowing to surface. We won't even need a pump on these wells to begin with, but w the, the expectation is somewhere in the 100 to 200, 300 barrels a day flowing to surface. That will last, who knows, maybe one month, maybe two months, and then it will need a pump. So it'll start off at those hundreds of barrels a day, come down as the as the pressure depletes a little bit, and then we'll need the we'll need the pops. So you know to to sustain a rate of somewhere bet between 100 150 barrels a day with the pump, I don't think is too far fetched based on what we've seen in our in our complete two completions, um, and and then we should have a steady. Uh, low decline rate oil well. And we say that based on all the data that we've taken from uh, producing wells in the area from that formation, which I had a, uh, a hand in 20 years ago. So a lot of those wells that were drilled 20 years ago to the east of us, I was involved with. And what did they produce on average? They came on at those hundreds of barrels a day. I mean, not every well, but the majority of them. When you have your reservoir, you get those hundred bar hundreds of barrels a day to start off with. And then they decline and you need the pump. When we study these, we study all the nearby wells. We studied something like 421 wells uh, in that area. Uh, and we have uh, segregated into different uh, type of wells that was drilled, slanted wells vertical wells, horizontal wells, and what they delivered, uh, and the total recovery. So we come up with a type curve for the type of wells that we're drilling. And, and these are average. Some are higher, some are, if you look at the bandwidth of all the wells that was drilled, they, they go like this, and we put a type curve as a middle well. And uh, average, they came on around 65, 70 barrels a day, IP, and they recovered around 65, 70,000 on a primary depletion without pressure support. But Prospera always thinks of reservoir management, not until the primary depletion is completed, but we'll start the reservoir management uh, within a year of the, uh, uh, the pool depletion uh, commenced. Uh, so our decline will be less and the recovery will be higher. But IP, initial production, is something you can't push or change because that's the deliverability of the rock and the pressure. These wells that we tested they tested better than the average. So we're thinking these are better than the average wells. George, uh, in this formation, there are some wells that produce 600,000 barrels per day. So what differentiates those high producers from your expectations here? Well, if you're looking at um, wells that, uh, or, or people are looking at press releases of, of wells from this formation that are at 600 barrels a day, I guarantee you, that those are horizontal wells. So people are going horizontal in this formation. We necessarily can't do that right now because we're still developing the pool. We're, we're identifying the pool, the size of the pool. Those horizontals are being drilled within pool boundaries, which Prospera is doing in their Saskatchewan properties. So any press releases related to 600 barrels a day in a, in a Pekisco, uh, Pekisco well is a horizontal well. I'd also like to further clarify, in this area, the horizontals, uh, you know, uh, well, you have to really clarify what is 600,000 barrels a day, because 
it's not the first one day test or the first flowing pressure. You should really look at IP30, IP60, and IP90 for uh, initial production. And if you look at that, um, uh, I could be uh, I'm almost certain you won't get 600,000 barrels a day. It's a good 600 barrels per day, not 600,000. Yeah. yeah but no, no, 600 or 1,000. 600 to 1,000 barrels a day. But, uh, you know, I, I can see 600 barrels because one of our vertical wells uh, tested at 300 barrels a day flowing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we don't hold that. That's uh, that's initial uh, flush production and uh, eventually it'll uh, come down. I like to use IP30, IP60, IP90. And Samuel, you uh, have a 50% working interest. Prospera has 50% working interest in the Brooks property we're talking about. You vended this project into the company, so you still have at least partial ownership of the other 50% working interest. Can I had a question come in from a listener. The, the, the essence of the question was, can Samuel profit off of this project if shareholders of Prospera don't? Could you address that, please? Sure, certainly, and I, I'd be glad to clarify. So this Brooks uh, property that uh, George and I are talking about, actually, we were delineating this and acquired these properties. We were embarking on as a company independent of prior to Prospera. So that was our uh, core project. And we worked on it two or three years delineating this property, and we acquired those uh, wells and lands prior to uh, joining Prospera. And when I I came on only as an advisor, then I was appointed as a CEO before he even knew about it. A friend of mine congratulated me. Uh, and the board and the principal investors, uh, I was transparent as I was what I was doing, that I have uh, a company and we've been uh, active in, uh, as a producer. The principal investors and the board uh, requested that my focus is Primarily on uh, focus, uh, focuses primarily on Prospera. Therefore, they requested me to vend anything I have into Prospera at equal percentage. So there's no bias that I might benefit a little bit more, or I might focus on a property because I have a higher working interest. And I was glad to do that, but uh, these wells tested a lot higher than I expected. But it's good for Prospera and it's good for. Uh, um, uh, uh, myself as well, because I rented, uh, you know, my our property into this. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Sa Sam or the Sam's companies does not benefit anything better than, uh, uh, or uh, advantages to benefit uh, from these deals because it's only on a proven basis. Uh, there is no uh, monetary exchange yet, and uh, so it is all about board. It was uh, vetted by a third party, uh, technically, uh, by a third party reserve evaluator. It was vetted by the board, who's also technical. Brian McConnell uh, has done reserves for many years, and all other board members. They approved it. TSX review, uh, reviewed the whole entire deal, and they approved it. And also, one of the principal investor uh, had his own uh, group of uh, individuals individually assessed it. And they also approved it and said, this is good for the company. Uh, and it is good for Prospera because it gives us the lighter and lighter oil uh, a product mix that Prospera uh, is much needed because we're heavy oil dependent. 
uh, I hope that helps to clarify. Any, it does. And any... my understanding was too that you, you haven't received any cash from Prospera. Basically, you'll get payment in shares if this is successful. Is that a good summarization also? Majority, yes, mostly. There are wells that are uh, proven production thus far that had a cash value, but I didn't receive cash. We just kept it into the books uh, and and uh, I carry on. So it's all above board and uh, yeah, you know, it went through the entire process of approval. Thank you for clarifying that. Sam, any fin- final words as we conclude here? I know you got a lot of work to do today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you know, it's in- inevitable there's a prosper, a prosper breakthrough and uh, Prospera is working hard to ensure of that. Excellent. Well, thank you, Sam. And thank you, George, for this update. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts it might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.